You're listening to episode six of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And today I want to talk to you a little bit about labels around food, not, not nutrition labels. We can cover that another day, but talking more about the labels that we give to certain diets and how we potentially identify too. So if you're, you know, somebody who feels really strongly uh, for the paleo diet or keto or vegan or pescatarian or any of those different things, pescatarian, by the way, in case you're not familiar, is anyone who eats uh, mostly plant-based, but with eggs and fish. So I I get some questions about that one sometimes, Um, but I do know some people that that works really well for. I know people who these types of diets work really well uh, for certain individuals. And that's great. We're not, we're like, I'm not here to bash any of those, but I want to talk about breaking that down a little bit more so that we can take a close look at what identifying with those labels can mean and how they can really make a difference about uh, how we eat and how we're maybe listening to our bodies or not too. So I was actually recently uh, interviewed by a journalist for an article. I'll link the article. Uh, it is uh, up and published now. I'll link the article in the show notes at emilygoffcoaching.com. And she asked if I would help people eat within their moral code, which I thought was really interesting. No one has ever quite put it to me that way before. And it's totally true because I know a lot of people who eat uh, a plant-based diet. So whether that's that's vegetarian or vegan, for moral reasons. There are other reasons as well that we could certainly make arguments against. Um, you know, environmentally, uh, there's been, there's also been all kinds of studies showing that uh, introducing more plants into your life can also just prolong your life in general as well. So of course there's, there's benefits. There's always going to be benefits and, and downfalls to various types of diets. But the moral issue that she was more talking about, I think in this particular instance was um, if you were looking at it from the perspective of, of eating animals and we could argue that all day <laughs> and I'm not here to, to get into that. But what I do want to talk about a little bit with that is that, yes, I definitely want to always help people eat within their moral code. If they feel really strongly a, a particular way for various reasons, for whatever their, their reasoning is about a particular style of eating and they want to try to continue to eat that way, I will do whatever I can to support them in that. However, if there are health issues or if I'm noticing that there are things that aren't working for them, I have no problem letting letting you know that I'm identifying patterns in the way you're eating that might need to change for you to feel your best. Because that's that's my job. That's why people hire me is that I'm supposed to be an unbiased opinion who can come in and really um, pinpoint where your where the the way that you're eating and living is working and where it's not. And of course, there are different things that that we can try and, and experiment with and uh, potentially supplement with. 
whole foods are, are typically better in my opinion if you can manage it, but there are definitely times when supplementation can be very, very helpful and, and necessary as well. So there's all different angles to look at with this, but I think that it's really interesting to take a, a close look at how, how, like what these labels actually mean to us. Because a lot of them, if, if we identify with a particular label, um, let's, I'm just going to say the, the keto diet. I'm just going to use that as an example. If, if I identify really strongly with the keto diet, it's not likely that I'm only identifying with that diet itself. I may also be identifying with an entire community of people and feeling that I fit in within that community. And especially now in the age of social media and the internet, there's all kinds of communities, online communities and, and spaces that, that you can find or create or build that can be really, really helpful for that, especially if you're starting something new and, and you're a little bit unfamiliar with a particular way of eating and how to go about it, uh, maybe what some of the, the pros and cons are. That's a huge gift that's been given to us. It's sort of the, the gift of the internet, the power of the internet is to be able to do a lot of that research ourselves. And that can be incredibly powerful. It can be a really, really amazing tool that we can use to our advantage. And that's amazing. The problem is, is that if we get so pulled into a particular community, then we can have a lot of difficulty breaking out of that. So what I mean by that is if we start to honestly just feel like shit and we aren't, we, we don't want to acknowledge necessarily that the way we're eating might not be working for us, especially if you are doing something from a moral standpoint. And again, I understand it. I, I do. I have tried all different kinds of, of eating uh, and for various reasons. Uh, so I, I do understand the, the different sides of this and it is hard. That is incredibly hard to be able to acknowledge to yourself that this way of eating that you have loved for years, that has been working really well for you, that you identify so strongly with, and potentially are even part of a huge community of people that are very supportive and, and that you, you know, love and adore, and you might have some fear of losing that. All of that can really add up to you potentially ignoring the signs that your body is trying to give you. And I work with a lot of people who have sort of a lost touch with how their body is trying to talk to them. And there are various ways that, that our body can, can do this. And I mean, one of, one of the big ways I always like to talk to people about is their poop. Your poop is, is one of the clearest possible signs, uh, excuse the pun, <laughs> is one of the clearest signs that your body can give you about what's working and what isn't. So I always talk to clients a lot about their poop. It's so funny. I had a client the other day who was saying, you know, I, I don't know if this is uh, too much information, but I'm like, I am all about the too much information. Give it to me, whatever you've got. She's like, well, it's about poop. I'm like, that's my favorite topic. <laughs> so poop is definitely something that can be a huge indication of, of what might be working and what might maybe need to change. Um, another thing is things like your energy levels. You may have gotten so used to feeling a particular way that you don't know that you could actually feel better than that, that you could feel differently from what you currently feel. So that's something to really remember as well. Um, energy levels, your skin, your skin will definitely tell a story as well. Overall, your digestion, just if you're feeling good or not, like if, if you are feeling exhausted, like you need to take a nap after every meal and you are super, you're super bloated 
maybe your belly is distended after meals. Um, maybe you are losing weight and you don't want to be. I, like when losing weight is not the goal, but you're losing weight anyway. Maybe you're gaining weight and you're eating basically the same way that you've always been eating and nothing has really changed. So why are you gaining weight? All of these things are, are very clear signs. And, and those are some of the, the bigger signs. There's more subtle things as well, um, like, like mood shifts and, and things like that, that can be um, a, a little bit, take a little bit more of a delicate touch to sort of figure out like what to really narrow in on what's working and what isn't. But there are some really clear signs that our body gives us. But if we're hanging on to a particular label that we're identifying with really, really tightly, and we don't want to let that go, that can really hinder our health. That can really start to affect how good we can feel. And this is the problem with labels is that you, we can form entire identities around it and that's awesome. But then when we start to ignore those signs that our body is giving us, then what do we do? That's a big problem. So what I, what I want to talk a little bit about is sort of breaking free of those biases and those beliefs that are holding you back and what to do when other people are potentially giving you a hard time as well. I think that one of the problems is that when we are stuck in, in a particular belief and it might be working for you, but if let's just say for argument's sake that you are stuck in a particular, um, diet or way of eating that is not potentially working for you as well as it could be, or as well as it once was. Okay. But we have built our entire lives around that. And that has really biased us to thinking that that is the only way to eat. Oftentimes, not just for ourselves either, but we might, we might be so infatuated with a particular way of eating, a particular label that we're identifying with, that we're singing it from the rooftops that we think that everyone should do that. And that's awesome. That's, that can certainly be helpful. That's, I mean, there are lots of benefits to that. Again, if, if, if some people don't uh, know any better, they haven't tried anything else, this could be the thing. This could be what could at least start them on the path to feeling better, to looking better, to really being able to take back their health. Okay. That can be fantastic, but this is also, this can also really bias us to these particular things. And it can start to become a belief that could potentially be holding you back. Not always these, these, these ways of eating could be awesome for you, but what's working for you today is not necessarily going to work for you a year from now, or even, even a month from now because our bodies are always changing and we're so individual. We, we all really need a truly unique approach to get the maximum benefit. So this is why I struggle a little bit with particular labels because you can get sucked into that and not be able to break out of it. And for some people, this is when they start to reach for things like detoxes or cleanses because they, I, I'm talking like more extreme things like that because they, they might find that it's easier to do a complete shakeup in order to see what works for them and what doesn't, I tend to argue that things like moderation and finding a more sustainable approach by making really small incremental changes over time tend to do much better for the long term. And while moderation certainly might not be sexy, <laughs> it's definitely not the sexiest approach, but in, in my opinion, that's what gives people their quality of life. And it is the most sustainable over the long term, more than anything else out there. Moderation doesn't mean that you get to eat whatever you want all the time. It, it means that you are being reasonable, reasonable about it 
and that you are taking the time to figure out what your body is telling you. That's what moderation means to me. There are, there are other people that might have a different defer definition of that, but to me it means still including foods that you love and really pay attention, paying attention to how your body is responding so that you can narrow down what might need to shift, uh, what's working for you, what isn't. And, and this is going to be an ongoing conversation. This is always going to look a little bit different um, and it's, it's going to continue to shift. So I see this all the time that, that women who ate a particular way between the age of 20 and 35, all of a sudden at 35, things start to shift. 35 or 40, somewhere around there, you might start to see some, some big hormonal shifts. And that can really start to show up because what you have been eating for, you know, particular habits in or around your eating that you've maybe gotten into over the last few years, isn't your body isn't responding the same way anymore. And it might just need a few tweaks in order to really improve that. And it doesn't mean that you have to cut everything out, everything that, that you love about food. And it doesn't mean that you need to go extreme and, and, you know, go to a particular type of diet and not eat anything outside of, of whatever that particular diet tells you that it allows. That's not what I want you to do. I want you to be able to figure out what is working for you and what isn't. And this is a longer process. And this is why I say it's, it's not, it's not sexy. There's nothing sexy about moderation and we don't want to have to put in that much work because it also takes time. There's no magic pill. There's no, there's no meal plan that I can hand you that I, you know, automatically will be the best possible thing that you could eat. The only person who knows your body best is you. And that's why I think that this is so important. The other big issue that I have with labels is shame. We already, so many of us hold so much shame around food as it is. We, we really struggle maybe with what, what, to, what we think we should be eating. We can probably all relate to feeling that people have made comments about how we eat and feeling shamed about that. I have all kinds of examples of, of that. I mean, there's everything from, I, I had coworkers uh, when I had an office job, they would always get uh, cake for birthdays and stuff. And that's pretty standard, I think, at, at a lot of office jobs. And I typically wouldn't eat it, not because I don't like cake. I actually really love cake, but particular cakes also don't really make me feel great either. So usually when I have cake, if I'm going to indulge, it's going to be like a really, really good piece of cake, or it's one that I've maybe made at home that maybe has some ingredients in it that I know are a little bit better for, for my digestion for me personally. But then I would get questioned, you know, well, if you don't eat cake, what do you eat? <laughs> well, of course I eat other things other than just cake, <laughs> but I also like cake, but I shouldn't have to explain that to people, right? I, I have been called skinny. I've been called fat, as I'm sure, again, most women can relate to these types of things, even if it's us saying those types of things to ourselves and really getting down on ourselves. It, it's that self-talk factor that can really come into play too. There would be things like, um, I, I even got called out for, for walking on my lunch hours uh, by a coworker once because she wanted to know why I was trying to lose weight when I didn't need to. And, and none of these things are, are any, anyone else's business. This is, this is the, the biggest issue with these types of things because there will always be people who will try to call you out, who will question you and, and who you eating a particular way will make that person feel insecure because maybe there's a lot of changes that they want to make in their own lives 
and they see you making the changes that they want to make and they don't know how to get there. So instead, they're just going to act out and try and call you out. And this is something that I think that we're likely always going to come across. No matter what change you make, somebody else will have a question or a comment or, and you know, questions are fine it, within reason, unless they're super aggressive and, and coming from a really negative place. If somebody is just interested and wants to know more about what you're eating, then as long as you're open to it, definitely tell them. I mean, you know, what, whatever's working for you, let them know that, that that's what's working for you. And, and uh, if you want to, you can certainly answer their questions. But there are going to be times where people are more aggressive about it and they're coming from a more negative place. I even uh, one time was really excitedly telling a, a friend about this healthier version of pancakes that I made and I was really excited about them because usually when a years ago when I would eat just kind of standard pancakes, they made me feel awful. I just felt terrible about them. So I started making some different types of, of pancakes every once in a while. And I told a friend about how delicious they were and, and her response was, ew, like you, you always make everything healthier and it's gross. <laughs> and honestly, like that's, nobody likes being told something like that. It's, it's just rude for one thing. And we just don't need to talk to people about the way they're eating in a negative way. So many of us are, are dealing with an ongoing mental and physical, if for some people, battle with food every single day. And we might be overwhelmed by what we're eating. We might know where to start with how to change what we're eating. All of these different things can really be a big issue. Or let's say that, that you typically eat, uh, let's say, a paleo diet most of the time. And then you have a cupcake one day. And a friend who knows that you usually eat a paleo type of diet sees you eating a cupcake and basically points a finger and, and calls you out in front of a group of people. I've had that happen to me too before too. And it's just unpleasant and there's no reason for it because we already hold a lot of shame around food and a lot of people don't understand how to introduce something like moderation into their everyday life and, and the way that they eat. So that's something that, again, you, if you are open to it, you can certainly have that conversation with people, but you shouldn't have to either. There are a lot of times where people are going to be eating a particular way because they're trying to lose weight. Or maybe they're having a lot of hormonal issues and maybe they're trying to get pregnant or something like that. They're trying to balance that out. They don't necessarily want to have that conversation with you. And it's, it can be really difficult to deal with when someone is really questioning us or, or giving us a hard time. And there might be reasons that we just don't want to get into and we shouldn't have to. So if people are calling you out, I, I was trying to come up with some different ways of that I could suggest for how to handle it. One is that you could quite literally just say thank you or we're okay and, and just move on. Just move on, kind of brush it to one side, let it roll off your back. That's not always going to be possible. That's not always going to be the right choice either. But depending on the situation, that might be the best way to handle it, especially depending on, on the individual. Another thing that you can do is let that person know that you're trying something new because it makes you feel better. If it makes you feel better, why would the other person need to continue questioning you on that? The only reason why somebody would continue to question you about that is if they are dealing with their own insecurities. And you need to be able to just let them know, I'm eating this way because I feel better. And if they're going to give you a hard time about that, they might not be a very good friend. 
Because if they don't want you to feel better, then that's a problem in and of itself. So that should be enough to end the conversation there. If it's somebody who's a true friend, if, if they're giving you a harder time, that's really a reflection more on them about some of the issues that they might be dealing with and, and struggling with as well. And if somebody is really aggressive about it, be totally honest. Honesty is the best policy sometimes. If, you, if you're open to it, you can just say, you know what, it, it makes me uncomfortable that you're really questioning what I eat and I have reasons why I'm doing it this way because I'm, I'm just trying to change things up. You can go into more detail if you want to, but you shouldn't have to. This is really what I want to underscore is that, yes, we can't, we can't control what other people are going to say to us, but we can control how we respond and we can control how much we tell them to some degree too. And that's always going to be a very personal preference. So if you want to tell them all about why you are doing a certain thing and how you're doing it, that's great. Do that. Not everybody is willing to go the extra mile, especially if it's somebody who you're not even very close with. If it's just someone who's an acquaintance or, or a coworker or something like that, that's not necessarily the ideal situation for you to have to feel like you have to go down that road. One of the biggest points I want to underscore is just that labels can be great, but they can end up doing more harm than good. So it can be fantastic to eat a particular style, a particular way, but I tend to advise people to not necessarily fall into the camp of really identifying strongly with that particular label because one, we want to still be open to what's going on with our bodies so that we can still, we can make changes without feeling as though we're failing in some particular way. If, if we're not following that particular diet or, or something like that. Two is that it can be also really difficult to move away from particular communities that are built around those labels as well. That can be really, really difficult. So if somebody is I've, I've actually seen uh, people in the online space and I'm speaking to someone on uh, Thursday, the episode that is airing on Thursday. So make sure to tune in for that. Um, she is in the nutrition industry and she has, has always been very open about eating an all paleo diet for a really long time. And she recently switched to mostly plant-based and she was very concerned about some of the pushback that she was going to get. Luckily, it, her community ended up supporting her uh, really, really beautifully, but that's not always the case. I've also seen other people in the online space who it, it could go the other way. They are eating a, one particular way, they switched to something else and their community gave them a really, really difficult time. So it's something to be cautious of. I think these communities can be incredible, absolute amazing areas of support and just so, so helpful. It, learning experience, the, the entire thing, it can be amazing. But ultimately you need to focus on what's best for you and just making sure that you're keeping an open mind about what's working for your body and what isn't. Um, in last week's episode, I actually spoke to a former client, uh, Amanda. The episode is number five, episode number five of, of Room to Grow podcast. And I talked to her all about uh, how, she, how she and I actually worked together to help her figure out how to learn to listen to her body better. So that's a, a really great reference point as well to go back to because this is something that I feel like a lot of us are... Are missing. It's easy to get lost in that in the everyday life. You know, we're, we're busy, we're doing other things, we're not necessarily paying attention, and it's easy to overlook some of the, the signals that our bodies can be giving us to really indicate what's working and what isn't. So I hope this was helpful. Um, if you could do me a huge favor, I would absolutely love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. The reviews on iTunes make all the difference in the world, and they mean so much to me. I read every single one, always, 
and they just absolutely warm my heart. And, and I think I mentioned before, podcasting on my own has been a totally different experience than podcasting with a co-host, uh, like on my previous podcast. And these reviews just totally keep me going. <laughs> so they make a huge difference. And it would mean the absolute world to me if, uh, if you hit subscribe and if you left a review for the Room to Grow podcast. So definitely uh, let us know what you think. I'd love to see you over in the Room to Grow podcast Facebook group. Um, you can search that on Facebook or you can also check the show notes over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. Can you do me one favor though? Can you take a screenshot of this and tag me on social media? I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you. And if you wouldn't mind leaving a review on iTunes, that would make a huge difference. It's really important to have those, those reviews so that we can get the word out there about the podcast, get more amazing guests on and get as much information out there as we possibly can together. Looking forward to growing with you.